Saturday afternoon reading meeting. Number 46 at the back of the English book.
So <coughs> Grant uh, announced a, a reading for us now. Be the psalm we had earlier. We'll be going over again. Psalm sixty-three. Psalm sixty-three. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword, they shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God, everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped." We're given the setting for the psalm that, under the title of Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He was anointed king, but still in the place of rejection. Saul was still king. So he's uh, hiding, running for his life, in danger at all times. And it was under these conditions that he wrote this psalm addressed to God, O God, thou art my God. Something to notice about uh, David, you know, he wrote many of these psalms. He later became king. The danger came to an end. He became powerful. He became rich. He became famous. And in many cases, he wasn't the same man anymore. His best psalms are in the time of his rejection, time of his troubles. It's after he became king and all was rather easy, that's when he made his big mistakes. Just mention that because sometimes we uh, have difficulties and troubles and wish we didn't have them. Well, maybe they're necessary. You see, David here is very close to the Lord. He says, My soul thirsteth for thee, to see thy power and thy glory. So as I've seen thee in the sanctuary, he's looking for his person, looking for his presence. This is when he, he was very near the Lord. When things got easier, in more than one instance, not always, but more than one instance, he got away, got himself into trouble. So, sometimes we say our, our troubles give us more blessing, our, our troubles are greater blessings than, than our blessings, shall we say, not that quite right there. Our troubles do us more good than our blessings do. Joseph told the butler, think on me when it is well with thee. He didn't think about him again until he found himself in... A situation he couldn't get himself out of. It's too often the same with us. You say well, things are going rough, we're, we're dependent on the Lord, and then things go good. We forget. We forget. 
verses in Second Chronicles 26 about King Isaiah, another example. Second Chronicles 26. Just a couple of verses, just to get the thought in verse 3. The third verse, probably some 16-year-olds here in our room today, but in, in verse 3, 16 years old was Isaiah when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. Verse 4, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Verse 5, then he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. We're down to save some time in verse 15. He did a lot of great things. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. In the middle of verse 15, his name spread far abroad. For he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Who helped him? The Lord made him to prosper. He was marvelously helped until he was strong. But, verse 16, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. There was dependence on the Lord. There was blessing. And he prospered. God made him to prosper. But it seems that dependence on the Lord kind of got forgotten. His heart was lifted up to his destruction. So what is the the solution for that tennis? So we depend on the Lord and he helps us. Things go well. And then like Greg said, so we forget. How do you avoid that? More trouble? seems that the, the greatest danger is when it's after the victories. Mm-hmm. Then we we won a victory in whatever measure. Then we put down the sword and lay aside the armor. And then we're all of a sudden weak and helpless until we fall. And then there's the cry again. At one place, I think it was David prayed, Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe. I think David gave the key to um, how to sort of keep going, even when the going's good. That's the second line of the first verse. Early will I seek thee. Okay, we get that better in French. I seek thee at the break of day. In other words, in the beginning, God. How do we start the day? The Lord first? Or you jump up and hurry and rush and run out the door? Don't think of the Lord all day? He's only a problem solver. You only look for him as a problem. It probably comes down to what our estimation is of Christ. Is he all that we want? The first thing we look for. And say too often it isn't. As my brother once pointed out, he's a spare tire. 
only look for the spare tire when you get a flat. Otherwise, you forget about it in the trunk. That would do what it is for, for us. It shouldn't. Well, the next statement, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in the dry and thirsty land where no water is. So here it's not David so much trying to get out of trouble, but he has an object. He has the Lord before him, and it's a, it's a thirst, it's a, a longing for, uh, you see in verse 2, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. In other words, he wants more of the Lord. How do you cultivate that desire for to seek after the Lord and to thirst for Him? I was going to ask a similar question. As we sit here this afternoon, do we have that thirst for the Lord? And that brings me to David's question. If I don't, how do I get it? In Psalm 42, the heart ended after the water broke. It was a, it recognized the need. It says there, the heart panted after the water broke, so panted my soul after the O God. It was a thirst that the heart had in order to nourish physically. I guess for us, we talk about a brave day starting our day off with the Lord and the need to be nourished spiritually in that way recognizing our need again whether it's in times of prosperity or not our abiding in Him is that we can do nothing well maybe you've touched on a, a key there to David's question now, to have the thirst for the Lord and His things depends on how you start your day. Looking to Him, independence, and one of David's prayers, Preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my trust. So if you start out you know, at the point of day, giving the Lord first place and looking to Him for the details of the day, I think you've got you're on the right track then. <laughs> well, I've heard it said before that when you're thirsty, that means you're a liter short of water. Speaking from a natural standpoint. So, what is he a liter short of? If he's thirsty, if his soul is thirsty, I don't have the answer. I'm looking for it. <laughs> well, second, uh, the second chapter of First Peter. Second verse, 1 Peter 2 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, if so be, ye have tasted the Lord's gracious. The Psalm 32 Taste and see, the Lord is good. It's like an invitation. And like in a lot of foods or things, we develop an appetite. In natural things as well, the, the body can develop an appetite. 
and there's certain habits that are formed that are, in a sense, an appetite. And I think you can cultivate an appetite for the Word of God by habitual reading of it. And I'm not very good to speak on it, but principally doing it. Like schedule time, and then your body gets used to it. You, we are creatures of habit, whether we want to admit it or not. And we will start realizing the need, tasting that the Lord is gracious. And the more we realize our need of Him, I think it's a song, right? Is to feel our need of Him. And so the more we realize who He is, and that's only gotten by reading His Word, the more we'll like it. And the more you like something, the more you want it. Maple syrup. Could be could be anything. It's a lot of different things that we develop natural taste for, natural desires. The same thing happens spiritually. There's hunger, and there's like there's a need and there's a desire, and I think there's there two different things. But sometimes what's good for us can actually be good as well. Often we think of health food as not necessarily tasting all that good when we compare it with other things. The Word of God is not like that. It's good for us, and it's satisfying. Can, can you develop an appetite for something that's not good for you? I mentioned in French, maybe I'll mention English, because some people caught the word Google. You can't Google that and find an answer to spiritual things. We'll get a lot of answers, but not necessarily. We see that with the younger generation, let's say, that the cell phone, uh, God doesn't need cell phone to talk to us, doesn't need Google to give us to know His message. We'll find it in His Word. Look at Jeremiah chapter 2. From here, it was quoted in prayer a while ago. Jeremiah 2. And verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. A fountain produces water. A cistern collects water. So the fountain springs up and it's always full and it's always fresh, it's always the best. A cistern collects water. If you have a broken cistern that doesn't hold, it's going to go dry. Well, the Lord's complaint here is that His people, He, the Lord is the fountain and they've turned from Him, the fountain, to broken cisterns, to idols which cannot satisfy. <clears throat> And that, of course, is the for us today <clears throat> to have the Lord before us, not turn to the broken cisterns of this world, but to turn to the Lord. And to look at this in the positive aspect. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We can read the scriptures. We can pray. We can come to meetings because we know we should. Well, that's better than not at all. But it should be because we want to. A desire, a thirst. I want more of the Lord. I want more of His Word. 
I want to read, I want to learn, I want to grow. It's this desire, this need, a missing liter there. <laughs> to, uh, you can do it because you have to, and the children, because their parents make them do it, <coughs> maybe. But to do it because you've tasted, and it's so good, I want more. So speaking of the person of Christ, you know, verse 2, there's his power. There's his glory in the sanctuary. That's his presence. And in verse 3, thy loving kindness is better than life. And there's one thing not mentioned in this psalm. And maybe David couldn't know it. There's his love. He had Isaiah. Isaiah was marvelously helped. He saw his his power and his glory and his presence, but know the love of his Savior and his Lord. And something else that David didn't know was the Lord's coming. Speaking of the break of day, I wake in the morning, thoughts of all my troubles, maybe, I wake in the morning with thoughts of his love, who's living for me in the glory above. Every moment expecting he'll call me away, and that keeps me bright all the rest of the day. And the moments beam forward, and on comes the noon, and still I'm singing, he'll come very soon. And so I am singing, I'm just quoting this, so I'm singing from morning till night, and pluming my wings to be ready for flight. There's a man in the glory I know very well. I've known him for years, and his goodness can tell. One day in his goodness he knocked at my door, and seeking admission, knocked many times over. And when I went to him, and his grace, when I went to him, I heartily, anyway, I heartily welcomed him in. We've lived on together a number of years, and that's why I neither have doubtings nor fears. So my sins are all hid in the depth of the sea. We put them down there. They were cast down there by the man on the tree. And a whole lot more. Beautiful. You see, the person who wrote that, he knew the Lord intimately. He loved him. He enjoyed him. And it came forth like that. That's what the Lord wants us to do. It's when we enjoy Him like that that we glorify Him. A stranger to Jesus, who do you not know? He's washing poor sinners much whiter than snow. Have you lived in a land where the Bible's unknown, that you don't know the man who is now on the throne? So if you but knew half His beauty and power, you would not be a stranger another half hour. I think one of the things that helps us too is see in these early verses of Psalm 63 is that David realized where he was in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Uh, the more we realize that down here there is, well, we started out in a land of drought, still in a land of drought and dearth. We started our prayer meeting with that. But him, still in a land of drought and, and dearth, you know, where no water is. There's nothing down here in this world to refresh. And the sooner we realize that, 
and the sooner we will find that all our springs are in him. So verse 4 gives us the response to verse 3. Thus, will it bless thee, because it was that loving kindness that was better than life. The other part of the spiritual life and joy is praise that is his portion and our delight to give. He gives us everything richly, like David, like Ozias, and once once they get strong or famous or whatever, that's when the Lord takes a secondary place. Verse 6 is nice as well. We talked about getting up in the morning and making that a point. If you don't desire it, you still need it. Just like breakfast. You might not really be hungry in the morning, but you have to eat because you know you have a day ahead of you. Some people don't want to eat first thing in the morning, but you kind of know you need it or else you're going to be hungry later on when you don't have time to eat. So you eat and you set up the day. Sometimes you wake up and just want to eat. I kind of <laughs> tend to be more like that. <clears throat> but so with the Lord's things, there are times when we are enjoying Him more than others. We're still on earth, and things cloud our vision. And so, it's the night season. We should start with Him, we end with Him as well. I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. And I think that's meditation, thinking on him, is, I don't want to say as necessary as reading, but they go together. Because you can just quickly read the word and, you know, take it off that you read it, and your day goes on, and it doesn't really have much effect on you, but when you think about it, and by the end of the day you're still thinking about it, or enjoying thoughts of him, it might not have been what you read, it might be something else, or something else you've read throughout the day, or I remember thee upon my bed, and meditate on me in the night watches I have 1 Samuel 26 uh, written down beside Psalm 63, I don't know if that belongs there, but um, that's when uh, David accuses Abner for sleeping through when he goes and takes Saul's spear. So when he should have been defending Saul, David walks up, takes his spear and bolster, whatever that is, takes some of Saul's belongings and walks away with them. And the next day says, you know, where were you, Abner, last night when the king was left unprotected? He was sleeping when he should have been watching. And here, he meditated in the night watches. So he was remembering him on the bed. That was probably when he should have been sleeping. But when it was his time to watch, they would have had watches and never left their camp unprotected. They would have... They didn't have alarm systems. They had people that were should have been watching. And... Is it three watches? Three-hour watches, I think, is what... And on his watch, well, you're just sitting there looking out. It's a good time to meditate. And driving the vehicle is kind of a time when you're watching, or should be watching, but you can meditate. There's different, different times when we can kind of be doing mindless things. 
I think Uncle Norm once said, what do you think of when you don't have to? And that's something that we all have a little bit of time for. What do we think of when we don't have to? That's a good way to remember it. In that sixth verse, there's two things. There's remembering and meditating. And that's on on thee. Remember thee, meditate on thee as the person of the Lord. You mentioned night watches, a sentinel on beauty. Well, I don't know if any of us have ever been sentinels on beauty, but maybe some of us know what it is to not be able to sleep, lying awake, kind of sleep. Then what do you do? This is good, uh, good fast time. Time for prayer. Time to uh, review scripture that you've memorized. Time to think of the Lord. And you might just fall asleep without knowing. You know, you can look at this chapter as a cycle of the day, morning, during the day, and at night. But you can also look at it from a life cycle and the importance of having that early start as a child with that milk. And, but sticking with it through your life. Like in verse 4, I will bless thee while I live. And and then, as one gets older, on their bed, meditating, uh, having the blessing of a lifetime with the Lord, and meditating on that, the blessings of that lifetime, and not, not just refinding the Lord once again. Just recently, I heard of a, a singer popular singer, whatever, who uh, started his life in a Christian home, and then lost his whole lifetime going off into the world and so forth, and has just now, once again, found the love of the Savior again. You say, look at the waste, you know, of, of that time in between, and yet we have so many young ones here that are having the blessing of an early, a good early start. But it's that thirst that, that we need to, to keep having that thirst. We have to uh, realize only that the love of the Lord can freely feed the soul of good people. Fortunately, we have short memories when we forget quickly. A good verse to close on would be verse 8. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. So there's David with a purpose, purpose of heart. He's going to follow, his followeth hard after thee. In French, s'attache à toi. In other words, going to follow very close. Not drift away, going to follow very close. And someone who has that purpose of heart, follow close to the Lord, he'll have help. The Lord's right hand will hold. He will be kept and will go on for the, for the lifetime. Right? So, oh, and it's so sad to see so many wasting, wasting years and years down the drain, lost time. We all, and especially, well, on the younger ones, 
wherever we may be on the path of life, early in verse 1, or uh, nighttime in verse 6, towards the end, it's still need to follow very, follow the Lord very closely. And the more you learn of Him, the more you'll find how good He is and no wonder at His power and His, the way He keeps and preserves and uh, blesses. And verse 5 says, My soul shall be satisfied. Ah, <laughs> Oh, Lord. 